Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Well, I hope the last two talks about words have been helpful to you, been helpful to me, making me think about it, being more intentional to express that love to those whom I love, but especially to be careful about what I say in terms of its negative and long-lasting impact. Oh, I pray that God's helping us all really be better with our words in every way. Well, anyway, there was a number of really cool things that happened in the month of December, and I was going to share those, but as I had said a couple weeks ago, Sharissa left on the day I was doing podcasts, so I wanted to talk about her and just love on her and talk about words. So I want to take a little time, though, today to just share two instances that were especially precious to me and just pass them along as fun stories, and I hope they encourage and bless your heart. The first one happened when I was up in Vermont in the Burlington area doing a First Love Weekend. On Friday night, it was a little bit of a challenge this weekend because the place that I went, my friends that invited me on Friday nights, they have a regular Friday night service that's open to people from everywhere to come for an extended time of worship and prayer and ministry. Somehow they didn't quite understand everything that was going on, and so they invited everybody to come on Friday night. And I went, oh no, because we have to try to break into groups, et cetera, et cetera, for those of you that are familiar with weekends. So I'm like, Lord, how's this going to work? And I don't know what to say tonight. And well, anyway, as we were trying to sort that all out, there was a pretty good crowd. And the Lord really, really did help me to figure out what to say that could bless everybody that night. And then we asked those who were able and wanted to stick around for the Saturday seminar part to stick around so we could find out who they were and form groups, et cetera, et cetera. Well, as people were lingering and we were working on groups, two guys that were kind of sitting in the front row to my right, I loved looking at them. If you've never done any kind of public speaking, you may not understand this, but it's really, really nice when people give like facial expressions or comments or whatever, to let you know that they're tracking with you. These two guys, and they look like probably in their 40s-ish, they were tracking everything about their body language, their facial expressions, sometimes even their comments, verbal feedback, you know, that they were tracking what I was saying and appreciating it, etc. And this guy comes up to me and he says, Mark, I didn't even know about this weekend. I didn't know, is it okay if I sign up to come back tomorrow. I'd really like to do it. I said, of course, you know, that's what we're trying to figure out. And we'd love to have you come back. He said, oh, cool. But he says, I'd really like to share something with you too, if that'd be okay. And I said, totally. I mean, we're just hanging. So his name's Tom. He says, I just, I need to back up a little bit and give you my past week so that it would really help you understand why what I want to share with you is so powerful to me. And he says, I was on a business trip all week, and the guy who was sitting next to me who couldn't stay, he's one of my best friends, and he told me, that was a Friday, earlier that day, he texted me and said, hey, there's this thing happening at the church tonight, and I think you might be really blessed. Why don't you come? And he says, I texted him and said, hey, I've been traveling all week. I'm going to get home late. I wouldn't even be able to be there on time. I think I'm just going to crash. And so he had no intention of coming. And yet he gets home, he's unpacking, and he's just by himself. And in his heart, I think the Holy Spirit just spoke to him and said, you need to be there. And he just had this sense like, yeah, you know what? I need fellowship. I need to just be with the Lord. And so it doesn't matter if it's late. And he was significantly late, honestly. It's supposed to start at 630. And 
we had a great time, worship, prayer ministry. So I didn't even get a chance to start talking till eight. And I think he showed up right when I started speaking. Well, he says, but here's the amazing thing is I'm listening to you talk. I'm like, okay, there's something familiar. I don't know what it is. And he says, I'm kind of tracking. And then he says, you spoke a scripture and let God say it. And then I recognized it and went, wait a minute. That's the guy on the CD. And I went, what do you mean? And he goes, well, seven years ago, my life kind of fell apart and a lot of it was on me. But I lost my marriage and my four girls. He said it was a really painful time. And I was in a very, very, very low place, as you could imagine. And he said, actually, it was that friend that was here with me tonight. He came over to see me and he handed me a CD which was your CD, the Rejoice Over You CD, and it wasn't even opened. He says, I think I've heard this is really good. I haven't heard it, but I think it might be really good for you. <laughs> so here's this guy who passes off my CD to him, and he hadn't even heard it, which is pretty funny in and of itself. Anyway, Tom opens it up, and he puts it in, and he starts listening to it. And he says, Mark, he said, I, I just got down on my face on the floor. I started crying. He says, I heard God through you for the first time in my life. And he says, I listened to that CD over and over and over again. In fact, he says, still the first song come to me. He says, that's the song I listen to every morning when my alarm goes off. That's my alarm song. And so here he says, I'm here tonight. And now I get to understand more about who you are and what's behind the CD and the verses and all this stuff. And he says, I'm just so excited to get to come back and participate and do more. So cool. <laughs> Seven years later, and he's still being impacted by the CD. So I was totally blessed. And then it was just remarkable. That next day, our small group times, oh my gosh, there are so many stories to tell. I just, I chose Tom's because of where this is headed, but... Honestly, that Saturday, the things that God did, again, in groups, which is always true, but the level of healing and love that he did, and especially in Tom's heart as well, and especially somebody said that he felt like God was really going to begin to turn the hearts of his daughters back to him, and he had shared how one, they were just starting to connect. So he was totally blessed and encouraged. Well, anyway, I sent out just little love notes to everybody that was there on Saturday, and so I sent something out to Tom. So I wrote, hi, Tom. Wow, what a joy to meet you last week and hear how God used the CD and the day together to shower his love on you. I hope you've been able to make time to continue to listen to the Lord, pour his love for you into your soul through the synonym antonym version you wrote, as well as through the passage itself. Also, I hope you have been replaying the memory of your group time to also re-experience his love for you through them. And also, brother, I am believing God with you for restoration with your other daughters. Bless you, Mark. Here's what's so fun, you guys, that this is the dream. This is the dream in every case for any of you and all of you that are listening that have ever been a part of a First Love Weekend, that the goal is not just that you get loved on the weekend, but that it begins to transform you to think about intentionally loving others. So Tom wrote this back to me, and it was so amazing. He says, hi, Mark. Thanks for checking in, my brother. It really blessed me that you took the time to follow up and remembered about my daughters. Thank you so much for standing with me and believing God for our restoration. Well, just think about that. It just popped into my head. Think about words, right? 
in just a quick little email to him how much it impacted him. Anyway, he says, yes, I've been reliving the special experiences from the workshop and drinking in Father's love more and more. My solitude times have been enriched, and when I read the Word now, it's taken on a whole new perspective. I find myself personalizing the verses sometimes, even without trying. And then, listen to this. And the Lord has been spilling over His love for me to others, using the personalization of His Word. In fact, a friend in my small group was struggling really bad this past Monday, in dire circumstances that left him desperate and hopeless. He reached out to me by text while I was at work, and I responded with encouragement to renounce those voices of the enemy and to take out his sword, the truth of what the Father says about him. And then I sent him a verse personalized just for him. Later that day, he thanked me and said I just helped save his life, for he had had serious thoughts of taking his life that day. He writes, Thank you, Father, and glory to your name, and thank you, Mark, for your sharing these precious ways of experiencing and sharing the Father's love. Tell me that isn't amazing. (laughs) It was so encouraging that, boom, right off the bat, he's thinking about how to love his brother with the Lord's words of love. He concluded the email, though, with saying, By the way, I'm currently in Pennsylvania visiting family and have a last-minute change of plans. My oldest daughter, Becky, invited me to come hang out with her and her boyfriend in Boston tomorrow. I'll probably find a hotel and spend the night and drive home Sunday. If it works out and you happen to be around, I'd love to swing by Sunday a.m. and worship with you, meet your family and your church family. And sure enough, that was the one daughter that he's had some wonderful reconnection with, and it was so cool to hear him talk about how much fun he had sharing with her and her boyfriend. All that God's done in his heart since that weekend We had such a good time sharing, and he shared even more about this friend that he had, that the guy really, he explained more of the circumstances and how the guy really, really was genuinely suicidal and and to some extent understandably suicidal, how the personalized verses really did impact his heart in such a profound way. And then just to see Tom still in amazing joy since that time because of continuing to do the God sighting and the love verses and just hanging out with Jesus. So I just wanted to encourage you all with that. Again, it's somewhat, I didn't necessarily see this connecting, but again, it's the power of words, right? It's the power of his word in particular. But the fact that here my friend Tom immediately used God's word and also spoke words of love and kindness to him, and it actually saved a life. And the fact that he immediately did something and reached out to him. And folks, I just want to encourage you to say, hey, it's very possible that there is somebody out there today that your words of love to them could be really life-changing, life-altering in more ways than we could ever imagine. Well, the other quick story I want to tell you, at the beginning of December, many of you have heard that I'm working on my thesis and I got my first chapter back and there was a number of issues that my professor raised that it just meant more work for me. But more so was that he was actually pushing back about just first loved itself, about the significance of the new command. And essentially, he was just trying to say that from his understanding, most scholars see that the way that Jesus loved us and the thing we're supposed to love in the same way is just only that he died for us and that we would sacrifice our lives for the sake of others, not necessarily literally, but 
And anyway, he was just challenging me about whether there was any more to that than that. And I thought, are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> the disciples clearly had been loved over those three years. Anyway, he actually included a couple quotes from some commentaries. So on a Tuesday, I went up to the library first thing, the Gordon Conwell Library, to go, God, you got to help me because this is really disturbing that I've assumed all these years that it was just so obvious. I didn't even think I needed to study that per se. So I went to the racks where there was 30 commentaries on John, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh God, please let at least one or two or three have something to say that would support what I'm thinking about. Well, the library opens at quarter to eight. I went straight in. There's bookshelves to the right and left. There's a bunch of tables. The door opens right in the center of the library. And I went past those tables through the middle, and there's all kinds of tables on the back wall. It looks out windows, these little desks where you can set up. So I put my stuff there, went straight over to the racks, and I'm just praying. I mean, I was really, really, really concerned. I barely slept the night before going, Lord, what does this mean? Will I find anything? And then I see how many commentaries were there. On the one hand, it gave me hope that maybe I'd find something. On the other hand, it was kind of daunting, like, oh, I thought it was almost done, and now I have to look at all this stuff. Well, anyway, there's a young guy who's in our church. He and his wife, just here for two years, they're going to go to the mission field, and he's taking classes at Gordon-Conwell. And I had really hoped that he would come to a First Love weekend, and just the one they could, then suddenly they couldn't. And so I'm standing there. Again, remember, you come through the center door. There's tables in the middle of the library. There's rows of bookshelves to your right and left. And I'm way down in the left-hand set of bookshelves, halfway down. So it's a ways away. And I'm standing there looking at all these books, and I'm like, oh, God, please help me. And out of my peripheral vision, I notice somebody's walking down the aisleway there between the bookshelves, and it's my friend Joe. And he's like, Mark, what are you doing here? I'm like, I explained to him what happened, and I even tried to explain to him the power of the Lord loving us through us with words and actions so that just as the disciples experienced the Father through Jesus— that the Lord would have us still experience himself and the Father through us, through a human body, even as the disciples did. And so I shared a verse with him. And well, then he prayed for me, which meant a lot. And then he went and disappeared. So finally, I grabbed an armful of commentaries and I hit it back to my desk. And there he was sitting at the desk right beside me, I'm like, no way. And so we kind of high-fived each other and sat down and over the remainder of that day, which went all the way from me till 4.30, and he was trying to finish a paper as well, but throughout the day, we would periodically get up and walk by each other, and we'd kind of tap each other on the shoulder, we'd wink at each other, we'd smile at each other, you know, we'd say some little thing like, how you doing, hang in there, and I just felt his support all day. Well, when it was time for me to leave, I got up, put my coat on, and I was going to head over to him and just reach around from behind and hug him. But he jumped out of his chair and he came up and gave me an incredibly long and huge hug. And he said, you know, I really love you, I'm praying for you. And it was really fun to be supporting each other today. And I'll continue to lift you up in prayer. And so I got in the car and I started driving home. And then boom, it hit me. Ah, oh, I feel the emotion again. And in that moment, I started thanking the Lord for Joe and that he was there. Especially, I thought, wow, 
It means he was walking down the middle and instead of just walking straight to a desk, he was looking around and that he saw me and he could have because he was busy. He could have just walked on by, but he came to me. And in that moment while I was saying thank you, the father just spoke so clear to my heart and said, Mark, I love you, son, and I know that you needed me physically present to you today. And so I was with you and Joe all day, beside you, encouraging you, helping you, loving you. And if Joe, who barely knows you, how much more is that my heart? How much more is that my love for you? You guys, you just don't understand that, you know, the likelihood of running into him and that he not, I didn't run into him, he sought me out. It was just such a profound moment, the reminder that I really do become incarnate still. And I still love you. I don't just express my love for you on the cross, but I still come and love you very tangibly through one another. And friends, I just want to say thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit and that God's sightings are real and that God still, through one another, wants us to be loved in the same way that he loved the disciples through the human Jesus. I pray that the Lord would bring more and more of these kind of things into your life, into my life. We've been talking about expressing love through words. Friends, it's why small group, it's why being in church, it's why finding times to connect with one another are so important because we need to see God. We need to experience God presently, His love through one another. And so I just pray that you would really be mindful to also be intentional to notice those around you and to reach out to them and express the love of Jesus for them because you might be that incredibly important visitation of God and somebody in crisis like I was that day. So anyway, sorry, a lot of emotion, but I love you, and I just pray that these things would be encouraging to you as we are embarking in 2018, that love verses and God sightings, being intentional to speak and intentional to express love in action really, really matters. So I love you, and God bless you, and have a great rest of the day. <music>